Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 61 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AW Rampage Late Night Razor. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 153 of Receptopia draws to a close. Happy Saturday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AW winds down. And happy New Year's Eve to you all as we kiss 2022 goodbye. And we are approaching year three of WST in a few short weeks and to be able to bring this podcast to you at least five days a week now has been truly an honor I thank you for your support it's been an absolutely crazy year for WWE and AEW a lot of highs and lows a lot of breaking news a lot of returns departures and questions regarding who could be coming back heading into the new year but it's been a blast covering all things Raw Smackdown NXT Dynamite Rampage and now GH as well on the side every Monday via the Sprina session so this is a ever-evolving podcasting network and I want to thank every listener that has given me the time of day to give you what you need to get you through your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday morning, afternoon, and or evening. So I truly appreciate the love. The feedback means a lot. And let's kick 2023 off right by going into the final SmackDown and Rampage of the year as I take a deep dive into last night's SmackDown going down live from the Amalay Arena in Tampa, Florida. And John Cena sold the house out. His name was going to bring people in, but him being a part of a tag team match, his only match of the year by teaming with Kevin Owens against the undisputed WWE. WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns alongside the honorary U Sami Zayn pushed at least 5,000 tickets in the last couple of weeks, which is pretty unheard of in this day and age. But John Cena is legit one of the last few draws in this industry that will move tickets for you at a moment's notice. And that was definitely the case over the last few weeks with this Tampa show last night on SmackDown. But we kick things off with Bray Wyatt and his amazing entrance. And he's still conflicted about what kind of man he wants to be. He's a bad guy guy he has no shame in saying that but he's a guy with good intentions almost and he wants to apologize to the camera person he attacked on the prior episode of Smackdown which leads to Ellen Knight coming out to basically call out Uncle Howdy for being a lame-ass stand-in trying to spook him on Smackdown last week when he beat down Bray Wyatt and Ellen Knight wants to end this straight away by challenging Bray to a match at the Royal Rumble and Bray Wyatt basically tells Ellen Knight I have been playing with you for far too long In all honesty, I should have destroyed you on sight, but now you're going to make me bring out my bad side and how cruel I can truly be to someone like you. So challenge accepted. And before he could continue, we get this ominous music from Uncle Howdy. He says, revel in what you are to Bray, per the usual. And Uncle Howdy actually makes his way down to the ring. He takes off his hat. He makes it inside the ring. And he is going to attack Bray Wyatt with Sister Abigail and walks away. And in doing so, Uncle Howdy completely spooks L.A. Knight because he's completely confused as to what the hell is going on. So Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt are not in cahoots. What's really going on here? And I thought this was a interesting segment to kick off the show. Bray Wyatt's presentation is outstanding, but we have to start getting the crux of the story very soon. Maybe that will happen heading into the Warrior Rumble in a first ever pitch black match involving Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight should be a lot of fun in four weeks time on Peacock as we kick off WrestleMania season officially and I guess we'll find out Howdy's identity in due time I think it's Bo Dallas we'll see about that but 
a clever way to kick off the show to keep the fans guessing about what Bray Wyatt's true intentions are and if Uncle Howdy's really in with Bray Wyatt or not based on last night's attack. Next up is Solo Sokoa versus Sheamus. This was a big cost battle. Solo scares me in the best possible way. This dude just exudes violence in the best possible way. But a shortcoming for Solo is the fact that he does not take being manhandled too kindly as he was closed on another ring by Seamus and he grabs the chair to attack Seamus but fortunately Jimmy and Jay Uso stop him as we go to commercial break we come back and Solo is in control of things by delivering a Yumaga splash followed by locking in a chin lock on Seamus Seamus breaks free but Solo responds with a Samoan drop Seamus fights back with a clothesline followed by a tilt a whirl backbreaker and after 10 beats of the battle and Seamus goes for a bro kick but Solo recovers and catches Seamus with a super kick but Seamus comes through with a knee strike out of nowhere followed by a Texas Cloverleaf that is cinched in deep but we have Jey Uso causing distraction which leads to Jimmy helping Solo get to the ropes to break the hold at the last possible moment. So we got Butch and Rich Holland at ringside confronting Jimmy and Jey Uso and there's a brawl going on until Sheamus jumps off the top rope and lays out both Usos. But in doing so, Sheamus leaves himself open for Solo who goes after his shoulder by slamming it into the ring post followed by Yuanagi on the hardest part of the ring you guessed at the ring apron and a Samoan spike on Sheamus for the win after the match is over the Usos and Solo beat down Sheamus. Solo wraps the steel chair around Sheamus's neck, goes for hip attack until Drew McIntyre makes a save, cleans house in a bloodline and lays out Jimmy Uso with the Claymore kick which sets up the Usos versus Drew McIntyre and Sheamus for the undisputed WWE tag team titles next Friday on SmackDown to kick off 2023 on Fox big time matchup which was delayed due to Drew McIntyre being out with an injury for the last month or so but all in all a really good match between Solo and Sheamus and Solo is so good presence for days talented in the ring has learned the ropes incredibly fast and he is an asset to the bloodline and I'm afraid for Sami Zayn when that turn happens because Solo might beat his ass more so than Roman Reigns but as all ways we shall see as we move on to ronda rousey versus raquel rodriguez for the smackdown women's championship this match was pretty good i think ronda's best matches of 2023 have been against raquel on smackdown and last night was no exception as she teased and prodded raquel with slaps not taking her seriously as an opponent with the bad arm but raquel fires back delivers shoulder tackles tries to fight back with one arm as we're at a commercial break with ronda rousey fully in control and she's trying to lock in an arm bar and raquel to make her tap out immediately on the bad shoulder then goes for an ankle lock on raquel as well who goes for a clover leaf to tap out ronda rousey to no avail but eventually raquel does fight back and lands the Tahana bomb on Ronda Rousey on the ring apron as we go to another commercial break. And once again, this is all about Ronda Rousey going after that bad shoulder of Raquel Rodriguez to slow down the pace to her level to make sure she has a good chance to win this match. But Raquel is relentless. She lands that Vader bomb elbow drop from the top rope. But Shayna Baszler is causing trouble at the ringside. And the referee sees this, but he lets Shayna Baszler remain at ringside for whatever reason. And Raquel keeps fighting back. But unfortunately for her, Ronda Rousey is going to get on the top rope lock it in on bar, crank it in a really awkward angle. Then they fall backwards on the mat and Raquel taps out for landing on the bad elbow and it's a wrap for Raquel. And I thought that was a very clever finish, a surprisingly good match between the two, not the first on SmackDown this year, but I think Ronda's best matches have been against Raquel outside of WrestleMania backlash against one Charlotte Flair. And speaking of the queen... Speaking of one of the most prolific women's champions in WWE history, I call her Big Match Charlotte for a reason. And Charlotte Flair makes her grand return to WWE for the first time in, dare I say, seven months. And she looks 
amazing. The ring gear, I'm kind of iffy on right now. The music as well. But she comes out to a big ovation from this Tampa crowd. And she wants a shot at the SmackDown Women's Championship right then and there. Forget the Royal Rumble and her SummerSlam as Ronda Rousey cut an absolutely awful promo. And I was a big Ronda fan nearly five years ago. But I am over her. I think when the fans turned on her at Survivor Series 2018, she tapped out in more ways than one. And she's been surly and kind of disengaged ever since. And if your heart's not in it, despite the money coming into your bank account, you might need to step aside because fans can be fickle sometimes. They will turn on you on a dime. You got to adapt and deal with it and maybe embrace the animosity and roll with it. But to half-ass it, I'm not a big fan of it. And this run has really been underwhelming for me. So Charlotte Flair coming back to challenge Ronda Rousey for this championship made me very happy. And Ronda was down for the cause and Shayna Baszler tried to talk down her bestie to no avail. The referee calls for the bell and Charlotte Flair goes for a big boot immediately for a near fall, goes for a spear, but Ronda counters that into an on bar. But Charlotte rose up Ronda Rousey to win the SmackDown Women's Championship with the pull of the tights. And she is is getting this big time baby face celebration. The fans love her. She's in the crowd celebrating and that is a stunning way to cap off 2022 in WWE and it's a ringing indictment on Ronda Rousey's run as SmackDown Women's Champion. It's been rough. The division needs Jesus and Charlotte Flair might be one of the cures to rejuvenate this division heading into the new year but it's a ringing indictment on Ronda Rousey's reign as SmackDown Women's Champion two times over this calendar year. It has not worked on any level. Yeah, she might be a draw in some ways on TV, but the feuds have been underwhelming. The matches have been very mediocre outside of Charlotte Flair and Raquel Rodriguez bringing out something in Ronda that kind of resembles who she used to be five years ago, but I'm over it. I'm over Ronda Rousey. And if this is her sign off for now, great. I'll do with Charlotte Flair's 14th run as women's champion for God's sakes. Just saying. Next up is Gunther calling out anybody to challenge him to a match. He thinks he's unbeatable. As we get a recap of his dominance via video package until Braun Strowman comes out to say, I'm the guy, I'm the monster among monsters that can beat you, Gunther. I got what it takes. What did you say? And Gunther's like, you're not on my level. He leaves and then he's brought back to the fight by Braun Strowman who goes after Gunther, but he's triple teamed by Imperium. We have Gunther being able to send Strowman into the barricade after a brief battle of Strowman being on top of things against Ludwig Kaiser, Giovanni Vinci, and Gunther. Gunther grabs the steel chair from the ringside area and he's going to whack Braun Strowman in the back repeatedly with an assist from Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci as the IC champion stands tall and he will defend the Intercontinental Championship against Strowman on the January 13th episode of SmackDown in two weeks' time on Fox. Should be a very good match as we inch closer and closer to the Royal Rumble and hopefully Strowman is going to sell a bit more regarding those chops and not be invincible against Gunther is an absolute badass in every way and I don't need this guy running away from Braun Strowman you're a badass you fought Sheamus in a classic a clash of the castle a few months ago I know you're not gonna get bitched out by Strowman but winning away like a pussy but we'll see how it goes in two weeks time on Fox and so now it's time for our main event featuring Kevin Owens the John Cena versus Roman Reigns the undisputed WWE Universal Champion alongside the honorary Oost Sami Zayn very fun tag to match the fans erupted for John Cena's ring entrance. He's so over, but I gotta say the hair is letting John Cena down. There was a ball spot last night and I hated to see it because I love John. He's so great in every way, but the hair is starting to decline in quality. And I saw that ball spot in plain view. It was a hard thing to watch, but he was still 
gracious over and very very likable last night alongside Kevin Owens who was dishing it out to Sami Zayn and gave dude a bloody nose and this was a match of receipts being cashed in because Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns got into it a little bit at Survivor Series last month in Boston when they had a slap fest and Roman got slapped a wee bit too hard by KO as KO accidentally ruptured Roman's eardrum and he was not happy about that there's a lot of love and respect there but that receipt was cashed in when Owens took a beat down by Roman and some punches landed on KO's eye and KO's eye was shut. It was closed and swollen midway through this match. She was able to make the tag for John Cena who cleaned house on Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns and KO gets the hot tag and both dudes land the five knuckle shuffle on Reigns and Zayn respectively with Cena dropping Reigns with an AA a short time later followed by Kevin Owens hitting the stunner on Sami Zayn to pick up the win for his team. Big time celebration by the baby faces as Roman Reigns looks on and Sami Zayn is in the danger zone. He got pinned last night in this tag team match and I will say that things were a little less cordial with the bloodline last night when it came to Sami Zayn's pursuit of being an honorary oos you kind of felt the temperature change a wee little bit and it's going to get turned up even more now with Sami Zayn losing this match last night to bring dishonor to the entire family so we'll see how they handle all of this during the first week of 2023 in WWE but another note was Sami kind of being hesitant to go after his former best friend, but he had to. And he went after John with a Huluva kick at ringside as well to help his partner gain the advantage. He deferred to Roman when need be by making the hot tag as Roman went after Kevin Owens repeatedly and took KO, gained the separation midway through this match to make the tag to John Cena to get that pop of pops as the fans were clamoring for that hot tag minutes into this matchup last night. So it was a great way to cap off 2022 for WWE via this massive tag team main event, which will have most likely Warrior Rumble ramifications with Owens going after Roman Reigns one more time for the Undisputed Universal Championship. They had a great match a couple of years ago in the Thunderdome. Atmosphere should be so much more lively with people in the building this time around at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas in a few weeks' time on Peacock as we officially jumpstart WrestleMania season via the Warrior Rumble, one of the most exciting pay-per-views of the year when booked properly in terms of the men and women's warrior rumble matches which definitely fell short of expectations last year in st louis and all in all i thought this was a fun smackdown to wrap up the year hot crowd in tampa john Cena is so over and beloved he was hoping he's got more in store for us heading into wrestlemania season in a few months time in los angeles and you kind of feel it coming Sami Zayn being excommunicated from the bloodline. You see the wheels turning now with Paul Heyman kind of being sent offish towards Sami last night. Roman giving Sami the shady looks, thinking I got your back when he really doesn't. So let the gaslighting and the betrayal begin to ring in 2023 in WWE. And now let's quickly segue to last night's AEW Rampage going down taped from the First Bank Center in Broomfield, Colorado. And by far, in my humble opinion, the best match on the show was Orange Cassidy versus his best friend, Trent Beretta for the All-Atlantic Championship, a very unique babyface versus babyface matchup. Chuck Taylor and Denhausen provided comedy at ringside, but Orange was about his business, going after Trent with the dive on the outside after Trent was trying to be a bit more tentative during this matchup as Orange drop-kicked Trent into the barricade. As we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break, we come back and Cassidy and Beretta are trading strikes and blows in the ring, with Cassidy catching Beretta with a super kick. Beretta responds with a clothesline only for Beretta to also counter a slumdog millionaire with an Suplex as well. Cassidy catches Beretta with the Mushinuku driver.
driver for a very close near fall. Beretta comes through by countering a beach break into a power driver, but winds up getting a near fall with the Sunset Flip instead. Cassidy comes through with a spinning DDT and a tornado DDT off the top rope to rock Beretta for a very close near fall. From there, Beretta is going to land a spinning tombstone on Cassidy, followed by another power driver on Orange for a two count until Penelope Ford comes out to distract Trent long enough for Orange to land a beach break on Trent for a near fall, but he rocks Trent with the orange punch to retain the All-Atlantic Championship and the best friends are not besties right now as Trent walks away from this matchup not willing to hug it out with Orange Cassidy Chuck Taylor and or Dan Housen as we got Kip Sabian next in line for the All-Atlantic Championship going down to Battle of the Belts 5 next Friday after Rampage on TNT should be a very fun matchup as Penelope Ford came through in the clutch for her man at the end of the day. Next up is John Moxley talking that talk about Hangman Adam Page and Mox is going to be very honest in saying that there's only two guys in the last three or so years that have really carried this company on their back by being prolific champions. It's myself and Hangman page but I'm not going to apologize for what I did to him a couple of months ago knocking him out putting him out of action this is not a business for the week you have to withstand the storm if you can't take it get out the kitchen right now and he's challenging hangman page to a match at the forum in LA on Wednesday January 11th it should be a very fun matchup if page can get cleared by the doctors by then and in all honesty this is already cleared by attacking Mox at various points via brawls at ringside over the last few weeks so I just think they're playing this for storyline at this point, but should be a very personal and physical matchup at the Forum in LA in two weeks' time on TNT as we get ready for this brand new era of AEW Dynamite as this company turns four on Wednesday. Crazily enough, and what a time it is to be alive when you have multiple things to look forward to as a wrestling fan, including Dynamite entering its fourth year of existence with brand new graphics, so hopefully a new set, and so much more to kick off the brand new year in a day's time, believe it or not. And I got to briefly cover Kip Sabian versus Atiba as Kip lays him out with by far the worst orange punch you will ever see to send a message of orange ahead of their All-Atlantic Championship match going down a Battle of the Belts 5 next Friday immediately after Rampage on TNT should be a good match but I expect Orange to retain because he's a good champ right now and he's over popular and is willing to be a badass when need be to keep that title by any means necessary. Next up is Kara Hogan versus Jay Cargill for the TBS championship. And this match was a backdrop for a larger story involving Red Velvet defending Kara Hogan from a beatdown by Jay Cargill at ringside. We have Layla Gray also intervening, but it's Red Velvet that steps up. And I kind of downplay this prospect of Red Velvet and Jay Cargill feuding over the TBS championship, but I kind of see the vision now based to all of these storylines developments with Jade kind of disregarding the baddies as her true allies and Red Velvet not taking it anymore. And I always felt that Jay Cargill's best forever rival would be Red Velvet. They've had good matches in the past and I think they can deliver again with higher stakes involving the TBS championship. So we'll see how AEW plays it in two next year, which will feature a tag team match to bring in 2023 on Dynamite this Wednesday. But first, I want to refocus on this matchup between Jay Cargill and Kara Hogan. Kara lands a bulldog on Jade Fall by some nice kicks and strikes on Jay Cargill as well, but Jade is going to counter suplex and two jaded for the win. And it should be noted that Red Velvet walked away from Jade after the victory. No celebration with her baddies. And I do sense it's coming down to Red Velvet versus 
Jay Cargill for the TBS championship very soon and it will be a good match. I think they bring out the best in each other in the ring and one more year of experience is going to amplify that whenever this match does take place over the TBS championship. But now it's time for our main event involving Sir Strickland versus Willie Uta repping the Blackpool Combat Club and current reigning Ring of Honor pure champion and Swerve's goal is to have the most dominant faction that exudes violence in AEW this year and Mogul Affiliates and he wants to wipe the Blackpool Combat Club off the face of the earth by being the meaner, rougher team on the streets. We'll see how that goes. But I thought this was a really good match between Yuta and Strickland. They go back and forth a bit, trying to go through the filling process until Yuta lands a standing set on a Strickland, followed by a bow and arrow submission that... Swerve is able to get out of. Yuta drop kicks Strickland out of the ring and follows up with a tope on the outside. And then Yuta gets distracted by Mogul Affiliates and he catches a boot from Sir Strickland as we go to commercial break. We come back and Yuta is on offense for a bit by delivering a pair of back body drops to Swerve. Yuta fights back with the flying forearm, then lands a German suplex as well for another two count. Swerve regains control of this matchup by going for a brain buster after targeting the left leg of Rilla Yuta from there. Strickland goes for the JML driver. Yuta counters that with a roll-up. Yuta lands inverted angle slam for a near fall on Swerve. From there, we have Yuta going for a charge on Strickland, but his knee gives out once again, and Swerve lands a brain buster on Yuta for a near fall. Yuta does fight back with an inverted angle slam after countering the JML driver courtesy of Strickland. At one point, both men are jockeying position on the top rope, and it is... Yuta, the superplexes Strickland from the top rope for very close in a fall. As Yuta's going to throw in those hammer and every elbows, something happens. And Swerve Strickland is going to take advantage of a very missed situation as he is going to deliver a low blow to Swerve Strickland and land a win over a key member of the Blackpool Combat Club. Swerve's New Year's resolution is to have the most dominant faction in AEW in terms of violence and is hoping they deliver and then some on Wednesday and probably Friday nights. Moving forward, all in all, this was a very easy breezy edition of Rampage. Nothing too offensive last night that really stood out in a bad way as we bid 2023 adieu. You kind of sense Tony Comedy focusing on the show every Friday, putting Mox front and center as one of the key matchups you can look forward to on Rampage. That needs to continue as spreading the wealth around to make those shows feel just as important as Dynamite as they try to give both shows a different look heading into the new year as well. And with that, this wraps up episode number 61 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AW Rampage Late Night Rager. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Wrestletopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming on these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AW Dynamite, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, and AW Rampage on TNT along with the spinner sessions that drop every Monday morning right here on WST as well. You know what to do since Wrestletopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back Tuesday morning with episode number 153 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. Until then, enjoy the brand new year. Have a very safe New Year's Eve, a great New Year's Day, and a wonderful Manic Monday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.